You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Well met, fellow adventurers. I've got an adventure to do in Wedgland. Here it is. Wonderview with death. The arrival of a prison wagon in the village of Wedgland, early one summer afternoon, causes something of a stir. Start the adventure. Here we go. The arrival of the prison wagon in the village of Wedgland early one summer afternoon, causes something of a stir. Having barely made it into Wedgland due to a broken wheel, the wagon rolled to a stop near the inn, and the four Tyson soldiers aboard immediately called for the villagers' renowned wheelwright, a man by the name of Joramick. Joramick ceased to repairs to allow the soldiers to resume their journey. You! As one of a gathering number of onlookers, learn that the wagon is transporting the infamous spellcaster Barakmer to Trithic, where he will face a pronouncement of doom for a series of murders he is accused of committing in the eastern reaches of the kingdom. The cage affixed to the back of the sturdy wagon is covered with heavy black cloth making it impossible to view the mage, whom the guards tell you is no longer able to employ his deadly magic. There's a band of warding on his wrist, says one of the soldiers, as you clumsily inquire about the hidden prisoner. He can't use his magic with one of those in place. They're not easy to come by, and we're lucky we had it with us, even so. I'll be glad when we get to Trithic. Don't think you'll find much sympathy for his cause in the Adderstone. There's a link to the Band of Warding. Band of Warding. Bands of Warding are enchanted 
bracelets slash manacles, typically made of metal that prevent anyone who's wearing one from making use of magic, both their own magic and any magic from any items in their possession. Ooh, ooh. Now that, that is thorough. Thorough. Because you often, when you prevent someone from using magic, they just use magical items. Yeah, it's like... Well, well, well okay, maybe, maybe not after all. But I've definitely had it happen in... It happened in one novel I read a long time ago, which was part of the Wizard Bane series. These magical bands will automatically resize themselves to fit onto the wrist of any person. Once in, play, in place on someone's wrist, a band of warding cannot be removed by its wearer. Only another person may attempt to remove the band. Ooh. Will that other person be me, perhaps? While the soldiers wait for Joramik to fetch and fix a new wheel onto the wagon, the villagers, dismayed they will not be allowed to take a look, the infamous mage begin to disperse and return to their various toils. It is then, as the last of Wedglen's curious denizens stroll away from the wagon as you spot someone watching you from across the broad, dusky thoroughfare. Leaning against a hitching post just outside the village inn is a short, mousy man clad in a holy tunic, his head topped with a tattered grey cap. With his eyes fixed on you, he furtively and repeatedly motions for you to approach. Yeah, I guess I'll approach the man. I could ignore him, but I'll approach. Very few bad things happen when you approach. Although, although I'm not saying nothing bad can happen from approaching. Sometimes it can. You approach the man, and he immediately motions for you to follow him. When you're both signing at the side of the inn, just off the village start there, he bows and introduces and introduces himself as Mognor. Then, much to surprise, he asks if you'll be willing to help him rescue Barak Mur from his captures. He didn't do what they said he did, says Mogmore, his eyes darting in all directions before coming to focus on you. Barak Mur isn't a hero. He's not the killer they say he is. I need someone to help me. I beg you! The hangman awaits him in Twithick. It isn't right! Someone like you could fix this, please. Will you help me? Before you can respond, Mogor tells you that one of Barakmur's rivals, a conniving elementalist by the name of Rorwan, is behind the five murders the captive mage is accused of committing. Oh, how convenient! <laughs> it just so happens that the five people that you said you killed that you, you, your friend is killed, was killed by someone else. Someone who's nowhere near here and cannot possibly, dis, can possibly disprove it. I've been Barakmur's assistant for more than decades, is Mugwall. He's done some things I care not remember. But he did not kill those people! Arwen, Orlan and his followers are the murderers. Not my master. Please, you must help me. 
so I can agree to help him or not. Hmm. The thing is, if you had really good evidence, couldn't you just bring it to the authorities? I mean, for for all you, for all we know, you may have been lied to. Hmm. All right, all right, divination first. It succeeded. You sense that that Morgoy is telling you the truth, or at least what he believes to be the truth. Hmm. Now the thing is, basically, I have I don't have enough information here to know whether I'm doing the right thing. Am I freeing a murderer? Am I freeing an innocent man? Am I freeing someone who's a murderer, but not for the murders that they're being convicted for? Am I freeing someone who... Am I... You know, well, you know, I guess I guess I should only really be judging about this murder or not, rather than trying to pass sentence for everything he's done, because the murder is what he's been convicted for. And if he's not done that, well, he has to go free. And if he's done something else, you arrest him for that. You can't just decide. You, there's no, you can't just not be brought for general badness if you can't even name what these things are. Alright. Alright, I guess I'll agree to help. Well, what thanks you? And you can instantly detect a change in his demeanour. You sense he is truly grateful for your offer of help. With the new wheel almost ready to be fitted onto the prison wagon, you realise you need to act quickly if you have any chance of fleeing Brack Moor from the cloth wagon draped cave. Yes, Mogor, it would be better to wait until the waggles on the road and out of the rigging. Uh, when the wagon was on the road and out of the village, he shakes his head. We'll need a distraction to lure the guards away and pull this off, he says, his voice wavering. We could create a distraction. Right here. Think I can do it. If you'll tend to free the master, uh, Brachmur, from the cage. We're considering how be best to go about the rescue. The wheel white moves away from the wagon. Presumably to fetch some of his tools. Alright, so. So, if he can, I can let him create the distraction, or I can create the distraction. No, he can create the distraction, because I want to talk with Brackmore before I free him. I mean, he could still be guilty. As long as he's got those manacles on, he, he can be contained. Well, well, if I take the manacles off, uh, that's... That's... That's that's a Rubicon crossed. I can... If I just distract the guards, I can just bring them back in and... No one need know. Let Mogul create the distraction. Morgnar tells you he will set a small fire near a shack, not far up the road from the stranded wagon. He hopes the fire will draw the soldiers away from their charge, 
just long enough for you to slip in the three black moth. Here, you need this, he says, producing a large iron key and handing it to you. I lifted it from one of the soldiers. They've got, they've got two other keys, so the loss of this one isn't likely to cause a commotion. This one will lock the cage. You now have the large iron key. This item will not appear in your inventory. Probably because it'd be kind of hard to distinguish it from all the other keys you get. All right, then. Let's go, he says. Good luck and thank you. With that, Mognor sets off in the direction of the roadside shack, while you focus your intention on the wagon and the four soldiers guarding it. Lingering on the side of the village forest there, Standing next to the inn, you watch as a stream of smoke begins to pour out of the small shack just up the road. Within moments, dilapidated structure is ablaze, engulfed in a billowing column of orange flame. Mognor's bold tactic has paid off. Three of the soldiers immediately rush towards the fire, eager to assist in extinguishing it. The fourth soldier remains in the wagon, whose attention is focused on the fire and the small hysteria the blazes caused. Hmm. Well, at least all of them didn't leave, so that makes them better than a lot of guards, where all of them usually one can be easily lured away. As the nearby denizens of Red Glen and the three soldiers endeavour to douse the fire, you steal towards the back of the prison wagon. Alright, pick a number. Bonus of 50. 20 from Feathery, well of course, you need that skill, 20 from Agility, 10 from Luck, got to get 75 or more, or I get caught and I have to answer some very awkward questions. 132 success, you reach the back of the wagon unseen, the young soldier guarding the wagon, his attention focused in, entirely on the blaze now consuming the small shack is completely oblivious to your presence. Wasting no time, you carefully peel back the thick cloth, reveal the, the cage affixed to the back of the prison wagon. There, huddled in one corner of the grim enclosure, his face bruised and his long dark hair matted with blood, lies the infamous mage, Bachmore. He opens his eyes and struggles to his feet as he used the iron key Key to unlock the cage. Hmm. I would have asked questions first, but uh, I guess gotta get a bit scarred off at least. Gotta get close before I can ask these questions. With his hand still bound by a length of thick rope, and with with the band of warding still encircling his wrist, yes, the spellcaster leaps onto the road and rushes into the forest. Not looking back, you closely follow at his heels. In the foresty east of the village, you and the escaped maids meet up with Mognor. The diminutive man shrieks with joy upon seeing his master. He promptly sets about severing the ropes that tie the mage's hands, while repeatedly thanking you for that Barak Moore, his senior one of stoic composer, also thanks you. I have done much to earn the reputation with which I am burdened, he says. His soft voice making it seem as if his thoughts are far removed from his recent predicament. But I am not a killer. Thank you. I hope I may someday repay you for this. Tell what is tell me. What what is your name? 
so I can tell him my name. Or not. Oh, I'll tell him my name. I mean, he probably already knows it. Well, you tell Blackmore your name, he nods, and again, thanks you, this time addressing you properly. Thank you, Soup. I will not forget this. Now, Mongo. Now, Mognor, we must be off. We need to figure out a way out of this manacle, but there will be time enough for that. I would suggest you move away from here as well, Soup. Okay, well, that... Oh! Oh, well, that, that's... That's how it went. With that, the fugitive mage and his cohort depart, heading into the hills to the east. When they are out of sight, you set off on your way, eager to leave behind the events of the last small while. Some months later, you learn that Barrack Moore and several accomplices are suspected of slaying and poisoning several mages in the Grey Circle near Talonus. The spellcaster you rescue from the prison wagon and his diminutive assistant have not been heard of since. Hmm. 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 Okay, I think I might have done the wrong thing. <coughs> 256 experience to general. Okay, I'm going to quit without saving. And then I'm going to see what happens if I... If I just don't, if, if I don't free him, now if we get if we get the same message again, then he's not then he's not behind it, and it's just a coincidence. And obviously they disappeared. They're wanted criminals. It doesn't mean they're doing any anything particularly murdery, they're just hiding from the law, as you do. Alright, Red Glen. Alright, Adventures, what to be with death. Here's the wagon. Approach the man. Divination. Refuse to help him. You tell Morgan that you're not interested in getting involved. But the diminutive man, his voice cracking as he speaks, begs you to reconsider. Please, you must help. The wagon will soon be on its way. Then it will be too late. No, no, I'm refusing. Refusing. Your final refusal was met with a scowl from Mogmir. It was unpleasant expression. Quickly, swiftly transforms to a worried look that betrays his anxiety. Thank you anyway, he says, before... Before strolling back into the warfare, when he is gone, you take one last look at the prison wagon and its cloth-draped caves, before turning and striding off along the broad, dusty lane that runs through the centre of Red Glen. Now, whether that was the right thing to do, I don't know. But I think I'm going to leave it like that. Okay... Yep, yeah, and no new adventures unlocked by doing that now. Let's have a look. Well, near Red Glen are the Fairy Falls. Spilling out over the whim, whim of a cliffside pool followed by an out, outflow of a subterranean wither. 
very full, splashes down nearly 100 feet onto a broad stone ring basin, from which, which it follows underground to resume its interminable journey. The flat, square stones encircling the churning basin each bear an engraved depiction of a Tyson's town or city nearby, towering over the surrounding forest. The, is the grand monument honouring the legendary adventurer uh, Adusia. Visit Adusia's monument. With the splash of the falls winging in your ears, you make your way through the forest towards the towering monument of Adusia. The towering monument of Adusia, erected in honour of the famed adventurer, Soars above the thick tangle of forest out of which it majestically rises. The statue, standing atop a circular base, depicts a slender but imposing figure of an armour-clad woman, her feet planted, shoulders width apart. Long, tumbling locks of hair flow from her head, spilling elegantly over her shoulders and draping themselves upon her leaf torso. A raised white hand clutches the engraved hilt of a fearsome longsword. Her left hand, lowered and centred upon her midwiff, holds the legendary shield Thalak, the front of which bears a carving of a scowling, battle-scarred face. Odisha's eyes, the centrepieces of her arresting countenance, seem almost alive, their gentle shape betraying just a hint of mirth. A settlement echoed by the spirited smile adorning her face. Examine an inscription at the base of the monument. The inscription carved along the bottom edge of one of the massive stone blocks supporting the towering statue seems to cryptically refer to a ward awaiting anyone able to scale the 150-foot monument. Glancing up at the dizzying heights to which the statue soars, you begin to consider the very notion of such as climb to border on madness, which means I'll do it. Climbing. Climbing the square base of the monument proves relatively simple, and after only a couple of minutes, you stand at the foot of the towering statue, staring, stand it staring upwards. You carefully contemplate the perilous endeavour you're about to undertake. The dangerous ascent will be just over 150 feet. Uh, think better of it. Having suddenly come to your senses, you wisely descend from the massive plinth on which the monument is perched. After only a few moments, you're once again standing on the ground. No, actually, no, I, I'm, I am going to climb it. Single-minded of purpose, you cast aside a small handful of nagging doubts and begin the daunting climb up the towering statue. Only 15 feet into the climb, you're already beginning to feel fatigued. The statue's smooth surface offers only scattered footholds and, hand and handholds, making every movement a struggle. Pick a number. Bonus of 60. 15 from agility, 15 from body, 10 from spirit, 20 from feathery. Got to get 60. 64. 
struggling to contain your grip on the statue's smooth, angular surface, you claw your way higher, resisting the nagging urge to look down as you make the perilous ascent. Just over 30 feet above the base, begin to move laterally across the front of the statue as you search for any nook or crevice that will allow you to pull yourself higher. Alright, same check again. 15 agility, 15 body, 10 spirit, 20 thievery, got to get 65 or more, and 137 success. Struggling to maintain your grip on the statue's smooth, angular surface, you claw your way higher, resisting the nagging urge to look down as you make the perilous ascent. You're almost 50 feet into your climb, a quick dance cloud, something you swore to yourself you wouldn't do, reveals the dangerous spot you're in. Not certain you could even climb from climb down from here. You press on, your hands seeking their next hold, as you continue your brazen ascent. Alright, same check, but gotta get 70. 135. Struggling to maintain a grip on the statue's smooth, angular surface. You claw your way higher, resisting the nagging urge to look down as you make your perilous ascent. At 60 feet, you begin to question the wisdom of attempting to make the climb. A fall from this height would almost certainly prove fatal, something you try to push from your mind as you struggle to ward off your growing fatigue. Ultimately, undeterred, you continue upwards. Alright, picking up. Bonus 60. Got to get 75. 122. Struggling to maintain your grip on the statue's smooth, angular surface, you claw your way higher resisting the nagging urge to look down as you make the perilous ascent. Looking up, without daring to look down, you estimate you're halfway up the monument, perhaps close to 80 feet above its base. The calculation does little to ease your mind. Hoping that your fingers hold out, you seek your next handhold while pausing to catch your breath and ease the burn in your muscles. Alright, 60, pick a number, bonus 60, got to get 75 or more, 1 to 8, success. Struggling to maintain your grip on the statue's smooth, angular surface, you claw your way higher, resisting the nagging urge to look down as you make the perilous ascent. A quick, quick upward glance reveals you're nearing the neck and shoulder region of the statue. For the observation seems to only increase your tension. Realising that the odd, precipitous angles of the sculpted scone won't provide you with any safe spot in which to rest, you press on, cursing under your breath as your hand scours the smooth stone with its next hole. Bonus 60, got it at 75. 102, success. So you maintain your grip on the statue's smooth, angular surface, you claw your way higher, resisting the uh, nagging urge to look down as you make the perilous ascent. Having just surpassed what you surmise to be the 100 foot mark of your climb, you can't help but smile when you consider the action of who might, at this very moment, be witnessing your daring ascent. Your movement is short lit, however, as you promptly refocus on the task at hand, a task that requires your full attention. Bonus, pick a number, bonus 60, got to get 75 or I fall down. 112, 
soaking your titanium grip on the statue's smooth, angular surface, you claw your way higher, resisting the nagging urge to look down as you make the perilous ascent. Hanging yourself around the base of the statue's neck, looking for a way to pull yourself up and onto the side of the head, you risk a downward glance. From this height, you can only make out the vaguest details of the monument's base and the ground far below, vowing to not again look down until you reach the top. You resume your climb. Bonus 60, 75, or I slip. 121, success. Struggling to maintain your grip on the statue's smooth, angular surface, you claw your way higher, resisting the nagging urge to look down as you make the perilous ascent. Realising, gasping, with sweat streaming down your face, you look up and realise you're within just a few feet of the top of the statue's head, taking care not to let your elation temper your diligence. You return to concentrating on the task immediately at hand, the safe completion of the last dozen feet of your climb. All right. Bonus 60, got to get 75 or more. Oh, I fall. So close to the top. 159, success. Struggling to maintain your grip on the statue's smooth, angular surface. You claw your way higher, resisting the nagging urge to look down as you make the perilous ascent. 64xp to general. Bathed in sweat, with your limbs aching, you haul yourself over the angled edge of the statue's head and come to west atop Adusha's monument. After lying on your back for nearly a minute and staring up at the sky as you recover from the arduous climb, you return to your feet and survey the impressive view afforded by your lofty vantage. From your perch atop the statue's head, just over 150 feet above the ground, and see for over a dozen miles in all directions. The colourful lang- landscape mosaic stretches the horizon, forging a scene of true beauty that both inspires and exhilarates. Far below, amid the tangled forest at the foot of the monument, you spot the sparkling pool into which the fairy falls empties, even from his height, the steady Smoothing sounds of the falls reaches your ears. Ah, so you see, so you get you get a slightly different description atop each statue. Nice. As you warily make your way around the statue's broad head, taking care not to place your feet too close to the edge, you peer down at a realm that seems more peaceful than you have ever known it. Suddenly. Alerted by the movement to your left, you whip your head in that direction and are startled to find a tall man clad in a green tunic and grey cape standing only a few feet away. A wide-brimmed leather hat covers his head, casting a deep shadow that largely obscures his slender face. Still climbing these things, he says, shaking his head. I hope someone would have dissuaded you from it by now. Falling of them, one of them might do it. But that's a rather grim thing to say. I apologise for having said it. 
The, stra the stranger tosses you a small cloth pouch, which you discover contains a tiny raven bone clue. Now, look, do you want me to continue climbing these things or not? Because if you don't want me to continue climbing these things, stop giving me stuff when I get to the top, okay? You're sending mixed messages. Yeah, it's mixed messages. Keep that safe, he says. Not the pouch, mind you, the cube. If you manage to collect enough of these, something quite extraordinary will result from it. A tiny raven bone cube. This is the small raven bone cube given to you by the hatted stranger you met after successfully scaling the towering statue of a legendary adventure. You're not yet certain of its purpose, though you were told by those collecting enough but collecting enough of them, something quite extraordinary would happen. You immediately inquire about what about the something quite extraordinary, but the man shrugs in response. I don't know any more about it, he says. I suppose that would be because no one has yet collected enough of those little cubes. You're on your way with them, though. 64 experience to general. The stranger waves his hands and a blowing blue glyph in the form of a, of a griffin silhouette appears directly in front of your feet. I think you already know, but, but this will get you back down in the safest possible manner, he says. I can't always be around, mind you, so well, that will be that. Take care of yourself. With no particular reason to linger here, you bid the stranger farewell and step onto the glyph. A dazzling blue-white erupts from the glyph as you step onto it, causing you to instinctively close your eyes to protect them from the intensity of the glow. Only a split second later, when your eyes spring open, discover you're once again standing on the ground next to the base of the monument. And, okay... No, no, I'm not climbing the statue again. Move away from the monument. Now I'm going to listen to the waterfall. No, no, I can't, can't do it. No, no, I can't do waterfall sounds. Okay. So, travelling. Ah, oh, there's the bubbling cauldron in is nearby and you know what that looks like a fun place to check out moonlight lake region back to the but i happen to know that there's quite a lot of stuff that happens there so that will be put off for a while but for now i guess i'll is there anything else let's see any Special events, it's the worst tacker back, but I've already had that. Could visit this all in the sage. That that's an adventure, that's an episode on its own. And I think that'll, that'll be soon too. Okay, Western Western uh, What about travel Western Tysa? 
the Ironshore Hollows. The Ironshore Hollows, situated on the southwestern edge, edge of Lake Orion, derives its name from the three broad natural hollows that have long sustained the region's inhabitants with a vibrant fishing industry. Each of the hollows, hollows is home to small but thriving villages inhabited by fishermen who are happy to make their living on the frigid waters of the vast lake. Now what about Irongard? That will be the next place. The settlement of Irongard, snug on the rugged terrain that hugs the northwest border, or northwest shoulder of Lake Orion, was built over the ruins of the town, town of Ward Hollow which was destroyed in the Goblin Raid nearly 400 years ago. Rising out of the depths of the lake, a mile out from the cove around the edge of which Irongard stands, is the grim spectre of Thorn Island. There's a link to Lake Orion. It is from the fathomless depths of this immense frigid lake that the Wither Twinned, Tysa's most important waterway, flows Despite the deadly chill that pervades the lake's deep, dark waters, many species of fish thrive here. The towns and rivers along its shores have long, long enjoyed prosperity brought by the seemingly endless bounty. Many legends tell of a large island that once rose out of the icy waters of the lake. All accounts say, however, that during a great calamity, more than an age ago, the island upon which stood the grand fortress of the island upon which sunk the grand fortress of a powerful sorceress sunk into wine's frigid depths. Now, Thorn Island, rising out of the deep frigid waters of Lake Orion's northwest corner. The small island known as Thorn Island has long been the centre of many local legends. The island earned its name due to the thorny vines that cover much of its hilly, thickly forest terrain. An abandoned tower stands in the midst of the tangled patch of forest that covers the isle. Local legends tell of a light that can be seen now and again coming from the top of the tower. Many believe the ma that a magical beacon still burns somewhere atop the structure. While many believe that Thorn Island is a remnant of the legendary island and is said to have sunk beneath the icy waters of the lake long ago, there was just as many eager to dispel the notion. The closest settlement to Thorn Island is the town of Ironcard, which is spread along the edge of the cove. The northwest shoulder of Lake Hawaiian. Thorn Island is approximately a mile beyond the mouth of the cove, though plainly visible from, from Iron Guard. The people of Iron Guard, and those of the lake region in general, believe that Thorn Island is a dangerous, cursed place. A handful of adventurers have, over the years, ventured onto the isle through no detailed accounts of their explorations remain. Hmm, curious. Visit the Elder Eye Tavern.
The Odorite Tavern is much of what you'd expect to find in a place like Irongard. An old, dilapidated wooden structure that leans precariously to the right. The tavern's interior, hardly an improvement over its exterior, is nevertheless filled with the smell of wood smoke, the din of merriment, and the permeating warmth that effortlessly rids you of the pervasive chill borne upon the wind sweeping off the lake. Buy an owl and something to eat for one gold token. A single gold token fetches you a frothing taggard of the tavern's best and most bitter ale, and a bowl filled with a rather interesting stew, comprised of several different specimens of wild game. The simple but roaring meal does wonders to drive away the nagging chill that's plagued you since you first set foot in Iron Guard. Speak with the tavern keeper. The tavern keeper, a seemingly joyless, greying man named Dobrol, nods as you approach and begins get and, and nods as you approach and begin to engage him in conversation. Dobrol seems reluctant to speak with you, says only very little about any news that has recently come to his attention. After a short and tearless, cheerless conversation with him, you politely excuse yourself and step away. Nope, nothing more happens if you do it again. But there's an option called for Explore Iron Guard. But that seems like a pretty chunky adventure. So that will be for next time. But for now, I'm going to save. And until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.